You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name is Tanya Pinkins, and I'm the host of the podcast You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. This fall, I have a special treat for you. In honor of my debut feature film, Red Pill, Marissa Lynn Daniels Studio has been hosting weekly conversations with my fellow Broadway colleagues and co-host Sierra Renee about the red pilling of America. These conversations create a safe space for us to talk about the things that are on our mind with an election and a global pandemic So join us for The Red Pilling of America, a spotlight series every Saturday at 5 p.m. or on the Broadway Podcast Network, You Can't Say That, bpn.fm forward slash YCST. Join the conversation. smart you is important you is dead tanya pinkins horror film red pill brings african-american perspective to progressive movement we are a majority in this country and we're gonna win the election do you know what the red pill is a red pill is someone who infiltrates a group and then destroys them from the inside. This place is spooky. Some people like to live dangerously. Gas, why are you so jumpy tonight? You know what, guys? I'm gonna go back tomorrow. Did you hear about the creature woman that attacked a father and son hunting down here? I don't see the case. This place creeps me out. We should call the sheriff's office. The only people missing or dead 
are brown people? They're after all of us. What do we do, Amelia? We die. But we take some of them with us. You can't make a dog a vegan. What system would we go to? How would it look? How could we? How would it look? Our violence with us and share the violence within our own communities so that we were not exporting our violence. Yeah. <laughs> well, for a start, violence is just a, um, we have a really negative picture of violence. Um, so, so, you know, basically in, in any complex adaptive system, there is a fair amount of sort of um, conflict, you know, strong energy, you know, those kinds of things, uh, what we call violence. Uh, but that is distributed throughout the system in a healthy system. It's in tiny amounts all the way through so that every single point, every agent in that system has a tiny bit of that. And so that's just happening all the time, but it's not doing any damage. It doesn't do damage to the system because it's just, you know, it's expressed. Um, you mean like you know, the so basically every sustainable culture has, it has, um, it has, it has ways of expressing, you know, violence and uh, detonating that, um, you know, in ways that are very public, very transparent, um, highly rule governed and ritualized and, and out that goes. I mean, but that's that violence side of things. Uh, but basically an economic system would be the same thing. It's this one word distributed, you know, and that doesn't mean redistributing all the things that have a price and that some people think are valuable. It changes the idea of value right from the start. If all of your information and energy and resources and everything else are in a constant state of flow and flux and exchange going right through the system. Um, so that's what they call in economics, for example, the velocity of the dollar. So the velocity of the dollar is a measure of, ec of um, economic health. And that's the amount of times that a dollar changes hands. Okay. So your GDP doesn't make for a healthy economy, you know, and even most economists will even admit that if you press them a bit. But the measure that they really look for to see if an economy is working is the velocity of the dollar. So that's right how many times it's changing hands, how far and wide and, and, and variably it's moving throughout the system. So, you know, if you've got all every unit of value and energy and everything else in a system moving rapidly right throughout that system, being exchanged so many times, not being collected and gathered into these big static heaps of death, but actually in constant movement. That's when you've got a healthy system. Is there a healthy system anywhere on the planet anymore? Um, well, you, you can't. Um, yeah, unfortunately, systems need to interact with other systems. So, you know, you could put a big fence around the Amazon and, or, you know, you can create these national parks, but they're islands of death. You know, ecosystems move a couple of hundred meters every year everything's always moving, you know, and that uh, if you haven't got at least corridors linking up all the, all of these things, so there can be free flow between the systems of matter, energy, et cetera, et cetera. You know, everything exists within the systems, but across these natural systems in these closed loops where everything's recycled through. Um, but right now we have a world where most of the world is in these open loops, you know, 
So some places things are going in, but nothing's coming out. Mm. Other places things are being taken out, but nothing's going in. And so you end up with these open loop systems all around the planet. And uh, anyway, so you might have some closed loop systems happening in some national parks, but the problem is that's not happening at the bigger level across with the other systems. You know, one forest has to talk to the next bioregion and talks to this one and this one. Um, you know, and we understand this in, you know, in our stories, you know, so we had a big um, uh, fish die off right down the, the Murray-Darling uh, rivers, you know, uh, which is, you know, goes through several states, this, this Murray-Darling system. Uh, the river was dying up and, and all, billions of fish died, you know, and this was before the fires. And, and as soon as I saw that happen, I said, oh, that kangaroo island's going to burn. A kangaroo island's like in the ocean right down the bottom of Australia. Um, but it's on that same, that they're connected through all these systems. And I know that story of the system of those rivers going going all the way down. It's a big codfish story. It goes right down and it ends there um, with that big fellow on that island going up into the sky. So those stories tell us how all those systems are connected and how they exchange matter and energy and information. And we sing those stories as custodians, you know, so that it continues. And so I knew as soon as the fish died that that island was going to burn. And surely enough, within a year, it did, you know, uh, because you, you think, well, what's that island in the middle of the salt water there? What's that got to do with a freshwater river system, you know, hundreds of miles away? And it's, well, they're connected. Those systems exchange energy and they exchange matter, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. And energy has to be flowing within, but then across different systems. And that's that, um, that's that first law of thermodynamics. If you look into physics, it's the same one. Now, you said you sing it. Does that have something to do with the song lines? Yeah, yeah. And that's um, these are just ways of trying to understand things. And nothing translates well into English. <laughs> we'll try. So if, if, you have a, if you have a language that, that has no word for art and no word for culture, because who the hell would be insane enough to separate those things? from your actual life and from the land. Mm. Um, it is hard to talk about things. But song lines, yeah, like but you do. You hybridise thought, you creolize things, and you get some, you know, you use some English words, but you attach different meaning, like I said, belonging before. So song lines, that'll do, yeah, to explain that. Uh, but this is talking about like a dynamic map, you know, a map in your inner landscapes, that that are that are part of these you know these landscapes in the land that you they're just in you anyway you know and you you belong to that those those places and those things and um you know and you 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 belong to this creation event which is in past present future which is just continuing through that landscape and you know all those entities in that landscape have substance and energy that's always going through you and you sit there and you can uh, follow those lines, those lines of law, capital L-A-W, you know, through the landscape. But then also the L-O-R-E, um, which is the, the story that kind of, um, that is one of the threads of that. And you follow them through. Uh, there's some old ladies who are calling it song spirals now. You know. Well, because it's hard to, when you say lines, you see a line. 
it gets linear. Yeah, and 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 that's not quite it. And then so some people try and think of it as almost a stack as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, because there's lots of layers to it. But then that doesn't work either, you know. So there's 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 quite a few. Um, yeah, there's a book called Song Spirals that uh, female female knowledge keepers have put out, and they started calling it Song Spirals. But I guess you know this is how things evolve, you know, with language and with changing environments and cultures, etc. Yeah. I think the drawings you had in your book, even though I couldn't, I think that they must have been doing something to my brain, because I, I feel after reading Sand Talk, my brain changed, and the, you know, the words were the words, but there were those drawings that I, you know, I see them, I see them, yeah. I could give you words for them. Yeah. But they were communicating to me in some kind of way. Yeah. I mean, the words were just the delivery system to sort of make make those pictures into a, a, a book that people might want to pick up and look at the pictures, <laughs> basically. But the images are from, um, uh, from, from elders, old people, but particularly there were six of them from old man Juma Fijo um, um, from Northern Territory, uh, Larakia uh, people. Um, and he, those symbols are part of a, a big ritual, ritual magic uh, that he, like nearly 10 years ago now, he gave me um, those things and said that I need to make sure as many people in the world see them as possible. Um, and basically they're designed to change you at the molecular level. <laughs> it should come with a warning, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know about the ethics of that, but I just do what my old people tell me. Um but basically, you know, anybody who's seeing that and thinking through their own stories and hearing hearing that other story from here, anybody who's looking at that with intent and doing that uh, doing that story work, it, it will change their DNA. And he sees it as a big ritual magic to bring um, what he called the the uh, seven spirit families of mm-hmm. humankind back together. The seven spirit families have to come back together. What are the and, seven spirit families? Well, um, yeah, so I think a lot of that is connected to the idea of the uh, Seven Sisters, you know, the Pleiades constellation. It's weird because all around the world people call that Seven Sisters, even though there's more than seven stars in it, in that constellation, and it doesn't look like sisters at all. Everyone's got the same story for that. So he he says that everybody come out from one, one place, and there were these seven spirit families coming out of that that, um, you know, put people in these seven different um, tribes. When people went out, there was an impact, like a conflict, and everyone went out from that central point, which is um, uh, Uluru, you know, Ayers Rock, some people call it, that Uluru, the big rock in the centre of Australia, that everybody went out from there, and it was these seven spirit families. And I don't know, if you look at the... Um, all the stuff when they're looking at all the different what they're calling species of, of you know human beings like you know way back, they they're talking about, you know Neanderthals and, uh, you know Homo erectus and, and, uh, and then there's there's a couple of weird ones they call like the Den- Denisovans and right. and then they had that little Homo fluensis them little red people them ones from, um, you know they found in Indonesia mm-hmm. keep talking about Indonesia today what's that about but anyway, yeah, the little hub, what they call hobbits. So, and they, they kind of look through all the DNA and they find all of these, you know, all these different families. And I think there's about seven of them. Mm. 
So maybe it's maybe it's about bloodlines too. I don't know. Um, he's pretty mysterious about it though, but he reckons it, that's got to happen for the big cleanup to start. So the big cleanup is going to take about a thousand years, and it's like uh, there needs to be a fair bit of harmony to be able to do that. So anyway, that's what those uh, those symbols were before. Were for. It's a big global ritual magic and it's a call going out to bring the seven spirit families back together uh, in harmony to um to start the thousand year cleanup hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now that thousand-year thing shows up in a lot of different cultures as well. Hitler oh, won yeah. a thousand-year reign. That thousand years shows up a lot too. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I don't know. Must be some kind of um, blackfellow Reich or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it's um, no. I, I think it shows up in the maths too. When you look at all the metrics of um, you know, so the half life of all the radiation that's that's being stored uh, from the processing of the rare earth metals that make your solar panels and your computer work. You know that that produces radioactive wastes. You look at how long that's going to take to just get vaguely under control so it doesn't kill everything. You look at um, how long it's going to take to uh, get the old growth forests back again and all of those systems connected. Uh, If you do vaguely try and figure out the metrics of that and stabilizing the climate and the planet, it's a thousand years. So, yeah. Not our lifetime, huh? No, but... um, but we get to uh, make room for the cultures of transition. And, and most, most cultures will be transitional cultures over that time. And, um, yeah. Is there a, a, a sort of a entheogen psychedelic practice within the first people of Aboriginals? Is there any work with roots and herbs? Yeah, or yeah there's heaps. What? But you don't, like, uh, I, I just I keep getting uh, blown away by like so many tech bros now, they're, they're making decisions based on these things. It's incredible. So the people who are making the AIs that are, are going to pretty much dominate and are already dominating our lives um, through these algorithms, et cetera, they're all like weekly, you know, going off on these trips. But so in our way, you don't have to do that much. And for most people, you do it like one time and then that would be. So, um, so I did that. Ah, oh, about nearly 15 years ago, and um, and I've, I've still got I've still got at least another 20 years to work with, with with what uh, with what they gave me there in that place. 
Mm. You know, I've still got I've still got at least twenty years of work to do, just on what I what what came to me from that one experience. You know, mm-hmm. so I I can't understand all these people who are dropping DMT every five minutes, and microdosing just to get through their day and all that sort of thing. It's like, whoa, like stop, slow down. <laughs> You know, yeah, you don't need to keep doing it. Did it work that first time? It's like, okay, well, if it didn't work the first time and all the other times you've done it, you know, if you didn't get enough to work with for at least three decades, then you probably need to just sort your life out first. You know, so here's the thing. People are taking it to fix themselves. But it's like, no, you need to come to it the right way. If you're doing that, you need to fix yourself first. Mm. Like you better be coming with um, with something, with a solid foundation, with story, with a map. You know, you better be coming with the right questions and the right way of working in the world or, you know, you're just going to get booted straight back out again. Mm. You know, I, you ever see young guns back in the day? No. Ah! <laughs> so it's got, um, you know, Emilio Estevez and Kiefer Sutherland. You know, um, anyway, but the, so basically that you can't just leave us there. If I saw young guns, what would I know? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Do you know Lou Diamond Phillips? Yes, anyway, I know. We, personally. We, I personally know. Oh, him. wow. I did a ask him about, ask him about that scene. Ask him about the, um, the peyote scene or whatever they were taking. I think it was a cactus. Anyway, it, it, he'll probably, he'll, I'd love to, you've got to then send me an email and tell me what he said. So straight. I don't get to meet people I, like I don't. I don't believe Lou Diamond ever did any peyote. Okay, he is about the straightest cat. No, no, no. But the met. scene, I'd like to hear what he takes from the scene that he did there, because basically he's the Indian character, and uh, they're all on the run, and they're at a like, crossroad. They don't know what to do, and so you know he's the Indian character who brings the traditional plant medicine, and they all, you know, he paints up. They all do a ceremony, um, but then the settler, you know, characters. You know, they're all just so Kiefer Sutherland's just like the the flower, the flower is the butterfly. The butterfly is the flower. They, they don't know. They just are. And like he's just going in this weird loop. And that's where they go. But um, you know, but then the Lou Diamond Phillips, his character is he's like doing all this, you know ceremony stuff and four directions and you know he's on a map and and he's he's actually communing with people you know respectfully and with entities and and uh discerning the direction that they have to travel in and what they have to do next you know he's Uh going in with a purpose and a reason and with a roadmap he knows that world and the other ones they're just going nuts um one of them's shooting at an invisible chicken and Emilio Estevez is just sitting there, just big eye, like <laughs> just staring into space, freaking out. Yeah. And I, so I guess they could, yeah, they never quite go in, mm. but they skate across the edge of that spirit world. And that was how the internet came into being. Mm. Cyberspace, at least anyway, cyberspace was invented by a bunch of, you know, psychedelic hippies basically who were like, um, you know, experimenting with those plant medicines and then they had the LSD and then off they went. Um, and they tried to replicate that experience of that spirit world and, and sort of tinker a, a new world of spirit, you know, that they could sort of a new frontier basically to colonize. Um, 
yeah, you should talk to some of these tech pros. It's um, it's amazing and terrifying where they're getting a lot of this, you know, uh, ideas for what they want to do. Well, but basically, basically, and I've talked to the best of them. Like I'm talking about the ones that designed Sophia the robot and all that kind of thing, um, and and more than that, you know, and they want to um. That they want to basically, you know, create that world and have it all going in satellites and then upload themselves to live forever in a cosmic consciousness um, in a tinkered world of spirit. Um, yeah, sounds good yeah. to me. And, they, and they, they talk about, you know, the people who would stay behind, that it would be a bit like us looking at squirrels. Now, we don't have squirrels in Australia, but, like, they, they, it, these are all American people. <laughs> people and they're all like going yeah yeah looking at the humans us looking down from the satellites and the uh all the humans would just be like us looking at the squirrels in the park today like so that just sounds like another growth growth economy where people get to go to psychedelic world and then there's the people who are left on earth who are somehow funding the ability for these other people to live in these psychedelic satellite world yeah because for some reason they don't think about the infrastructure that's needed for that you know, I mean, all of this runs on rare earth metals and it's called rare for a reason. You know, it's, it's this insanity of this illusion of infinite growth that you can have infinite growth from finite resources. It's just insane. It's insane. And the worst thing is that all of the things that they're longing for and trying to achieve technologically, these are things that we could do before anyway. Like what? Well, I mean, the idea of uploading your consciousness, Mm. you know, to a tinkered realm of spirit, it's like, well, why would you do all that? You know, when you're, you know, like a significant part of your spirit goes back to a place in the land anyway, Mm. you know, and then another part of it goes up to sky camp anyway, you know, and all these things are recycled, you know, forever. Um, there's a way that um, if you want to like okay so you know like for example they want to figure out how to implant chips so that you can do mind reading and telepathic communication you know that's um these are things we used to be able to do anyway uh human beings you know prior to domestication um you know all, all of these affordances that they're looking for these magical communications and everything they, these are things that people used to be able to do uh, in other ways, you know, um, I don't know. Well, I feel like a lot of our technology is just externalizing all these things that we are just naturally capable of doing. Yeah. You know what? I think there's a chance though, that when, um, I don't know, people get that chip put in their head that it might reboot something. And then people will realize that they, they could do it without the chip in the first place. Yeah. They could look at pictures in your book and get their DNA changed from looking at those pictures. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like wanna... this spiritual nanotech from like an old black wizard near Darwin. <laughs> I love how you use the word black. And you were talking about the, the, the people in Russia as they were blacker than you, but they were blonde haired and blue eyed. So what does black mean to you when you talk about someone as a black person? It's so funny because when we get like people from America, like you actually have black skin, you know, come over here and they hear half of us 
um, you know, Aboriginal people in Australia, like referring to ourselves as black, they get really upset. They're like, what? You can't say that. Because, you know, most of us are just ambiguously non-white. Mm. It's like we're, you know, so, I mean, I get at least once a week, uh, people look at me and go like, mm, you're not white. What are you? What are you? Oh, I'm Aboriginal. Oh, no, you're not. You're not Aboriginal. You can't be Aboriginal. Aboriginal people are black. And this happens, you know, all the time. And like I say in the book, half of us can't scrape together enough melanin to scare off a taxi at this stage, you know, because settlers be fucking and, you know, that's what you get. Um, yeah. So we, we still refer to ourselves. We still have this shorthand of black. And some people are taking the C out to distinguish it so it's just B-L-A-K, you know. So a lot of people are saying that, especially urban Indigenous people are using that that spelling now to try and, yeah, but we still use that that shorthand because that's what comes into your language because that's what settlers call you. Mm. You end up, even after the melanin has gone, you're still thinking of yourself in that way when you're speaking that settler language, you know. Mm. And it doesn't mean the colour. Um, mm. It's just, you know, we're... Blackfellas, we've always been called blackfellas. And but it's really hard for people. So yeah, when I look at these um, you know, these Same women who are like, you know, pale as driven snow, but um like really, really deeply authentically indigenous and still living in this landscape and in this culture, and I, I look at them and I go, Oh my god, they're blacker than me. <laughs> it's it's a weird, uh, confusing <laughs> Black for, you being, black for you is deeply indigenous and rooted in your culture and your land and your, your heritage and your ancestry. That's what black is to you. Yeah, that's it. But for, for other people, it's, it's, it's a different experience. It's like, Raz, I haven't got time to be like grounded in the landscape, but don't tell me the dreaming story. I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> Every time I walk in a shop, people are following me. Like, <laughs> you know, that's, there's that experience of black as well. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I just being, you know, ambiguously non-white, I don't have that to the same extent. I've, I've only had my house raided by police six times in my life. Oh, only which six. Is in, yeah, which is an incredibly privileged position to be in. I've only been abducted by police without being charged with anything, and then dumped out in the middle of nowhere three times. You know, that's that's it's a completely different. Um, yeah, it's a completely different level of experience. But for some people, that that happens all the time. Mm. you know um so i mean i've got um i've got two babies at the moment um and and they're both um so it's both they're both from you know from me and and my woman same parents um but one of them came out uh looking like my woman's father who's like blonde and irish so he's a real blondy one and then the other one, she's come out really, really dark. So they're, they're full brother and sister, and one of them uh, looks one of them's like vanilla, and the other one's chocolate. And that's um, <laughs> that's just how it. They're, and they're going to have different experiences um, of elements of the world, you know. I want to um, let anybody who's listening ask a question. If there's anybody who wants to ask a question, that's here, Marissa oh. or Will or. Uh, Kevin, or do any of you want to ask a question of Tyson while we're here? I actually wanted to. Go ahead. Hi, Tyson. Um, When you were talking about um, when Tanya had asked about 
racism and you were talking about how it's stemmed oh should i unmute him we hear you can you hear me yeah, we Can you start that question again? Sorry. Of yeah. course, of course. I just wanted you to go a little deeper in um, when when Tanya had asked, well, then how how do we mend or heal or start again and not, uh, you know, pull uproot racism, right? And you were explaining a little bit on on where that's coming from. Can you go a little deeper into possible solutions or how you know we can raise our children to at least if we can't get it out completely like how we can help mend it yeah well look you know so you get a rash um like definitely put some ointment on on the rash um you know because that'll relieve that symptom for a moment but then you probably need to um have a look at treating the your whole body candidal infection that's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you, you can't yeah. just put the ointment on. The, the ointment's good because it makes you feel better for a minute, but that rash is just going to pop up on your ass next. And, <laughs> and then you won't be able to sit down for a month. You know, so you need to actually treat your systemic candidal infection. And that's um, basically, it's, it's this uh, global economic system that is over all of us and and we do need to get rid of a growth-based economic system and i know they're trying to reboot it i don't know if you've heard about imperative 21 um what's that they, they, they actually launched if you look it up you'll find all of their um it's not a secret or anything they're, they're actually launching a lot of pr around it uh the ford foundation and a few other sort of oligarchs and technocrats have, have funded that um and it's this basically, they're calling it stakeholder capitalism. It's capitalism 2.0. They're trying to launch like this, you know, this B game idea of a, a different uh, brand of capitalism, capitalism with feels. It's like, no, no, we're, it, we, we're going to keep capitalism, right? And, and we'll keep all our stuff because that's all they're trying to do now is come up with a way that they can keep their stuff <laughs> that they've stolen. Anyway, um, yeah, it's basically stakeholder capitalism, which means, you know, we're, we're going to have this same capitalist system, but, you know, we're going to be nice to black people and, <laughs> and we're going to save the environment, you know, because enough is enough. We're wrecking the planet. Come on. Come on, people. Let's all let's all love each other, you know, <laughs> and I can't see anything different about the way they've got it set up. They still want to have land as capital mm. at the bottom of the pyramid that they can borrow against and borrow against and borrow against into infinity, you know, to make a ridiculous pyramid scheme um, that will continuously cyclically collapse and destroy half the people, you know, who are at the bottom of it. Um, it's just this ratchet that just keeps going and it gets tighter and tighter and tighter until everybody's stuffed. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's the system. You can't treat, the rash just just with the ointment you know you got to change your diet um you know and you might need to take something else that's going to actually kill that that candida in your blood it's, it just might have to happen like that um and i guess that's your red pill there 
Well, no, actually, for me, the red pill is the fact that we believe in this infinite growth economy. That's the red pill. The red pill yeah. is that we've been, you know, seduced into believing that that is even possible, and that we, ah. our children want to grow up and and be a part of that, and uh, that's what we've been red pilled into. So the blue pill is. Sorry, see, I got this uh, matrix. The matrix uh, version. My, there's so many versions of the red pill. My movie got a whole nother red pill thing. You got to go into the red pill men and the red pill women. There's like so many different definitions. Yeah. So I'm too much of a Lawrence Fishburne fan. Yeah. I, I, so I see that red pill the other way. Uh, <laughs> I'm so grateful for this time with you. What are you going to do with the rest of your time here on the planet? Um, you, I leave the tools behind for the people who are coming next. Um, and those tools have to be things that will last. And so, and the best tools we can have is good story that they need good story, right story. They need cautionary tales about what has happened, but then they need good stories as well. On top of that, that um, allow them to find the right ways to live and to be able to respond and adapt and, and continue and uh, make the next thing. It's hopefully not a 2.0. It's like a, hopefully there's no points and there's no O's at all. Well, thank you. Sam Talk is definitely a good story for that. And I hope that my movie Red Pill is also one of those good stories. I'm so grateful I think so. for uh, coming and spending this time with me. Um, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Tanya Pinkins, and I would love to hear from you. You can text me at 917-724-8998. Tell me what you're up to, and I'll let you know what I'm up to. Text me, 917-724-8998. Let's keep in touch. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.